All right, hello world. This is your boy Nicholas and Josh just chilling right here. We yeah, we're eating lunch right now, and we figured what better time to give the people what they want and finally do another episode of Nickmo. Yeah. You see, Josh and I, we've been killing it with school and everything, and we're so sorry we have not been consistent. I'm not sorry, but... No, we're not sorry, actually, (laughs) because school is more important than uh, dumb podcasts, but at the same time, you gotta do what you gotta do. Especially for the world's best podcast. Oh my gosh, who is that? Connor! Connor just came home. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Connor's Connor's busy with his games and his music. Yeah. Quite the guy. So today, Josh and I were just like going to talk a little bit about what we've been up to and to share some fun facts. Mostly what we've been up to is school, as we said, but also I've been listening to fun facts about sperm whales and ostriches. So y'all should get hyped because there's some wild information about to come at you. Yep. For me, I've been doing school, making tons and tons of amplifiers and other stuff like that in my classes. Because, you know, freaking electrical engineering is where it's at. Nick's been telling us all the details of how amplifiers work, and none of us understand a word he says ever. Mm -hmm. But we keep on nodding and hoping (laughs) to catch at least the basics of what he's talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. But to, so today we're talk, we'll talk a little bit about sperm whales and ostriches. So um, the other day I was in the car talking with Andrew and Josh and they were like, oh my goodness. I mean, I was talking about like, you know, sperm whales are the largest tooth whales uh, out there. As opposed to baleen whales, right? As opposed to baleen those whales. Those guys get bigger, like... Like, blue whales are baleen whales, right? Yep. Blue whales are so big. and Are humpback whales baleen? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so they got that weird, like, brush teeth stuff (laughs) that you see in Finding Nemo. (laughs) Yep. And you know what sperm whales, uh, what their diet is, Josh? Well, I only know because I read Jules Verne, but you tell me. Their diet is squid. And they oftentimes have, like, big scars and everything on their body from fights with squid. Because squid get pretty dang big, yeah? Mm-hmm. They eat, like, giant squid and everything like that. Do you know how big giant squid are? You might know this type of thing. I don't remember. I I think it's, like, 18 feet, but I'll check. That'd be a massive squid. Giant, I mean, colossal squid are even bigger. Oh, also while we were in the car, we were talking about giant salamanders, yeah? How big do those get? <laughs> those get, like, three feet long and everything and, like, weigh, like, 60 to 70 pounds. Dude, imagine a salamander that you could walk. Okay, I was about halfway through. I mean, I was about halfway to as big. Giant squid uh, um, can get to 33 feet long for males <laughs> and 39 feet for females. They can just, they can eat a 39-foot freaking <laughs> yeah. said snail squid, <laughs> squid. 39 foot snail that's terrifying yeah colossal squid let's see how big colossal squid get wait that's not even a colossal squid yep colossal squid get to, to 39 to 46 feet too. 46 foot long colossal squid yeah so that's pretty good mm-hmm. so they eat that stuff mm-hmm. these giant cuss squid and their every aspect of the squid 
is digestible except for the squid's beak. Every aspect. Every feature of their personality yeah, can be digested. <laughs> every feature of the squid can be digested except for their beak. And generally speaking, um, when sperm whales eat squid, it's similar to like a cat throwing up its fur ball. It just gets rid of that stuff through like... But sometimes the beak gets stuck in its digestive system. Ouch. And... As it builds up over the years and years, it turns into a valuable food I mean, thing called ambergris. How the heck does it do that? Because does the poop just get stuck? Man, we're eating lunch and we're talking about it. <laughs> I mean, the poop it, just gets stuck in the... Is it like a bird beak, like the same shape, like kind of curved? So kind of, it kind of makes a huge bit of inflammation and everything. So lots of stuff can get past and everything. Okay. But a lot of stuff builds up over the years. And just got stuck inside that cavity right there. Mm-hmm. And so then, when the sperm whale dies and everything, and it's rotting, the am- what it's uh, that piece of poop called ambergris will be released into the elements, and it will degrade over time into. But something that's super va- rare and super valuable. Like, no one knew necessarily what it was until like 100 oh, or 200 years that's ago. That's why it's valuable, because nobody knew where it came from? No. it's It has very, very good uses in some some food. and uh, um, Some food? Yep. It, it's traditionally used as a food in some cultures. Um, no, very, very, some, very rare food, but still food. Some sperm whale poop. That's like a... A double threat right there that's terrifying and it's used in um, perfumes it's one of the most valuable parts of par- perfume like the more expensive types do girls know about this stuff dude i don't think that if, if girls knew what was in a lot of their perfumes i don't think that they'd be good be tweaking yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> so wait is this only like high-end perfumes that we're talking? Yep, very, very, because it's super rare and super expensive. So it just smells good, even though it's like biodegraded poop so inside like, of a beak. So like, what happens is like that this stuff will age in the ocean, like in regards to like sun, it will degrade from the sun and bacteria in the ocean for months to years, and then like. As it degrades, it, it becomes more earthy, more ocean smelling. Um, all ocean of them don't are... smell that good. I mean, like underneath the surface, probably. But like then, um, I mean, but like you know what I mean. Like it... the classic ocean breeze, like yeah. the breeze smell. It smells like that. I don't know. I've never <laughs> smelled it in my life. Um, but like it starts smelling like that. The bacteria change change considerably to be more like. Not bad, the parasites die, that kind of stuff gotcha, from gotcha. sun exposure. So it's not like it's necessarily bad for you, but I'm like, dude, the, just the thought of stupid whale poop being like so valuable, I'm like, dude, that's so cool. It's pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about what pearls actually are, it kind of goes along that same line. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, that's uh, all you've got to know about um, whale poop, sperm whale poop, otherwise known as amber grease. So, no one no one really knew about it, um, what ambergris even was until like a few like a hundred or two hundred years ago, and then they were like, "Oh, I guess that's where all this random stuff that's floating in the ocean is coming from." 
because it's so rare and everything, it's very difficult to like see know how the process is happening. This is true. So, all right, man. I want you to tell them also what you were just telling me about the ostriches while I was eating my noodles. So, ostriches are bipedal, and they can go to like forty. Bipedal? Yeah. Bipedal? Bipedal. Bipedal? Yeah, dude. How, you pedal on a bike with a pedal. Dude, but it's called bipedal in but my opinion. You're a biped. Dude, I'm bipedal. But you're a biped. That's yeah? true. That's how you pronounce that, right? Dude, I like to saying bipedal. Can bro. we please consult a pronunciation thingy mixer? Let's see what the interwebs has to say. Yeah, I'll go into my phone right now and I'll be like, pronounce bipedal. <laughs> Okay, this is the moment of truth. Pronounce colossal? How? What the? <laughs> who doesn't know how to pronounce colossal? Dude, maybe people from other countries. What? No way. Okay, I'll... Wait, wait, play it. How do I play it? Bipedal. Wait, put it right next to the thing and turn that volume up. Bipedal. Oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. That's... Bipedal. Okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Bipedal. So humans bipedal, ostriches bipedal, both are bipeds. <laughs> gotcha. So ostriches can go um, at a max of 45 miles per hour, which is ridiculous for bipedal animals. And That's part true. of the reason why they're so fast compared to humans is because humans have been around for like maybe 2 million years bipedal for like bipedal mode. Yeah. So like bipedal mode. Wait. Bipedal mode, yeah. <laughs> okay. So we've only been doing this whole two-leg thing for a second. Yeah, whereas, like, ostriches, think of, like, Tyrannosaurus Rex and everything. They've been uh, bipedal for, like, 250 million years. So, um, Are you insinuating that ostriches are direct descendants of Tyrannosaurus Rex? Dude? Of course not. Okay. I'm just saying that they're direct descendants of animals related to Tyrannosaurus Rex. Probably true. So. Okay. <laughs> so they've been at it for a long time, so they're fast. <laughs> That's only like, what, like 30 miles an hour slower than a cheetah can go? That's pretty good. Yeah. And maybe 20 miles per hour slower. They only get to 65? It depends on the cheetah, I'm guessing. I'm doing my math wrong anyways, but I thought <laughs> cheetahs were like 70-ish. Cheetahs are 70-ish, but depends on the cheetah and depends on the ostrich, I guarantee. <laughs> Some ostriches just suck. Yeah. But humans are really, really, really bad physically at pretty much anything, any kind of uh, um, physical activity. Like, compare ourselves with gorillas. Gorillas are, pound for pound, are, like, some of the strongest animals on the earth. And they don't even work out, man. They don't even work out. And then, like, humans that work out can't even get close to being that strong. The only physical advantage that humans have is the fact that we can, like, run, like, really, really, really far in a long period of time. But how did we manage to get that good at it if we've only had two million years to run around? Because there were strong selective forces that made it so that humans were good at running long distance. Not short distance, but long distance. Because that's the only way we could kill stuff or whatever? Yeah. And let's say say, um, there's a new niche in an environment or something like that. That, like... If you don't uh, um, develop these adaptations really fast, you will die. 
you'll either die or you'll develop those adaptations really fast. So most people died. Most people died, but the few that survived um, developed into some of the fastest runners. I mean, not fastest runners, longest capable running. Like the ability for us to sweat, um, hold on to water and uh, other stuff. Um, uh, 1-800 number called and interrupted our freaking recording, so that was dumb. Where were we? <laughs> so, I was saying that, like, the fact that humans are able to sweat, the fact that humans, uh, um, are bipedal, the fact that we are able to hold on to things, and a bunch of other adaptations make it so that we are terrible, absolutely terrible at short distance running. But we are phenomenal when it comes to long distance running compared to probably 99.9% .9 of animals on the earth. Probably 100% actually. Okay. Except for when it comes to cold conditions. So like we could run outrun pretty much any animal on the planet if we wanted to. If it was a marathon. Yeah, if it was if it was a marathon or an ultra marathon or something like that, yeah, humans ultra, would completely dominate. Yep, even horses. Dang. Up until about twenty six miles per twenty six miles, it's like horses will generally win. But if it's hot conditions or it's longer than that, humans will probably win. Twenty six miles, huh? Yeah, twenty six to thirty miles. That's crazy. Yeah, which is saying something because you know, like you don't think of that kind of stuff when it comes to humans, right? That's true. <laughs> but. Today's sponsor of this program is coming from your boy, Nicholas. <laughs> Wait, you sponsored this? <laughs> Dude, what we gotta do is to, we're, so Josh and I, a few years ago, we decided to make a, a squad called the Sweatsuit Squad. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, Josh was <laughs> not there. It was just me. But uh, I was talking with Josh beforehand, and he was like, dude, we got to make it so that the podcast is sponsored by the one and only Sweatsuit Squad. Tell them what it is, Josh. The Sweatsuit Squad is a, um, a highly exclusive society, limited to those people with the guts to go to Walmart, drop 15 bucks on a monochromatic two-piece sweatsuit and roll up to the Halloween party tonight. Mm -hmm. And they sponsored our show. Yes. So. <laughs> yep. So you can still join. You have hours left. You can still join today. And if you don't, next year, the sweatsuits will go through the roof at, in price. And you're like, do I want to be a part of the sweatsuit squad? Of course. Then, then buy sweatsuits today. <laughs> Sponsored by Fruit of the Loom. <laughs> Sponsored by Fruit of the Loom. The, the, the main creator of our sweatsuits. Yeah. <laughs> All right.